Uh, Chase Kitty joins us now, as he does every week. Sports betting analyst for BetMGM, host of the Lions Edge podcast, who I'm sure is probably not a fan of the Detroit Pistons wearing Milwaukee Bucks-like jerseys. They're the worst. What do you want tonight, my friend? We got a lot of games going on. Uh, everything under the sun. Uh, busy yes, day. That's what I like you, to hear. You know how people have like their favorite parts of the sports calendar. Some people like October. Yep. Uh, some people, you know, like December and like bowl season. Nothing beats March because everything's happening. Uh, you got conference tournaments. Uh, Trista was talking. We got the players, the fifth like major of golf. Tennis has the same thing during the same week. Indian Wells this week. It's like the fifth slam tournament. I signed a prenup today. Just all all day long, handicapping everything. Everything was involved. So uh, lots of lots of basketball. Uh, Northern Arizona plus five and a half. They've been good for like a month and a half. Uh, I think they're going to keep it going. Uh, they, they hit that uh, buzzer beater against Easter Washington earlier this week. Gonzaga, two and a half, I kind of like. It's a little square. Uh, but if you're looking for late action, I, I think, you know, they split the series with St. Mary's, but St. Mary's needed kind of a last-minute borderline fluky comeback to win the first game. So I, I kind of like Gonzaga at a short number there. North Dakota State plus 10 and a half against Oral Roberts. Did a whole segment on the podcast this week about teams that I think are overvalued for one reason or another. Uh, going into conference tournament week. And Oral Roberts, you know, they have a big, splashy 15-over-2 upset in the NCAA tournament two years ago. They're 18-0 and in the Summit League this year. So everybody wants to hammer them in these conference tournaments games. That kind of, I think, pushes their market out a bit, prices them out. So probably getting some extra points there. 10.5 is a lot in a conference tournament game. So I like the buys in there. And then kind of a weird one, New Orleans plus four on the first half line in the Southland semifinals. Uh, they're playing Northwestern State, who hasn't played like eight or nine days. So I do think Northwestern State's clearly the better team. But you're talking about one of those teams that's playing their third game in three days. They're in rhythm. Maybe a slow start for Northwestern State. I think four points is a lot, actually, on a first half uh, line in those scenarios. What are you going to do in the Big Ten tournament? Uh, bet against Indiana. is That's all I've got so far. Uh, I love Indiana. I think they're a, a total NCAA tournament target. But it feels like everybody watched them have a really awesome second half of the season. Uh, I, I want to say they're like 7-3 and three their last 10 games, but something like 4-6 and six against the spread because, again, uh, there's just one of these teams they've been priced out. So I think there is value in going against them in select spots. I'm talking sight unseen. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, for upcoming games, but just in general, I feel like that's one of those teams you can find value in betting against them because of where the market's at. What about the Big 12 Conference? So we were sitting here talking about all the, the major conference tournaments yesterday, and I'm more excited about the Big 12 tournament, I think, than any other conference tournament, just given all of the teams that are certainly in it. I love Kansas to win the national title. That was one of the teams that I actually bet to win the national title. But, I mean, you could go down the list and look at TCU at 6-1, to one, Baylor at plus 450, even. Like, Kansas can win the national title and more than likely not win the conference tournament. And we've seen that happen more than enough. Uh, where are you on the Big 12? Uh, I think based on how the bracket breaks down, I kind of like Kansas State. There's no such thing as an easy out in that tournament. It's just 1-10. to 10. It, it kind of makes me mournful for what the conference is going to become next year and beyond. It's still going to be a really great conference. It's still going to have years where it's maybe the best conference. But it's not going to have this 1-10, to 10, no nights off kind of feel that it had this year. Uh, so I, I, I think given that there are no easy outs, Kansas is going to probably get West Virginia in that uh, round two matchup and like, 
I mean, that's that's a tough game, and you're still two games away from the title appearance. So I think Kansas State is where I like because they get to be on the bottom of that bracket. They get TCU in the round two game. They avoid a round one game. TCU did not finish the season well. I think sometimes that's a little overrated when you talk about where teams are at going into the conference finals uh, or conference tournament or going into the NCAA tournament. But I think TCU just doesn't look very good right now. So maybe as manageable as a matchup you can get with Kansas State, and then you know you get into the semifinals, you get into the finals, you're just going to have to win it. They, they're crafty. They do all these little things that they, they get away with stuff. They set screens that are moving, but they're really smart about how they do it. So I, I think that gives them an edge. I, I think they're a really hard team to, to beat and put away. I think the number is going to be good when you look at the futures odds uh, on the actual conference tournament price market. And they get to dodge Kansas till the end. Yeah, and Kansas doesn't have a ton of depth either. It'll be their third game in three days, so that'll be really interesting as well. I particularly am interested in TCU in that matchup just because they played Kansas State so well. But um, tomato, tomato, Chase. What about the Mountain West? Uh, I like New Mexico at 10-1. to 1. They obviously have Jamal Mashburn's son. They've got a couple of guards that can fill it up. They've already beaten Boise and San Diego State this season, who are sort of darlings in this conference tournament. Uh, Wyoming's not very good. I think they play them in the first game. Uh, are you doing anything with the Mountain West? Not as of this moment. I I'm interested what Boise can do with pace, and I think San Diego State's looked really consistent, but I, I can't say that I've done a ton of work on that specific conference tournament. I'm really interested. This is borderline like hacky narrative radio stuff but I am kind of interested what happens with the Mountain West when we get to the NCAA tournament because the amount of failure that has happened with those teams from that conference the last few years it's we're past the point of regression it's like a legit trend and they've just been so so terrible when those teams get to the NCAA tournament so I, I want to really dig in I was a little dismissive last year of it as a trend I'm kind of not dismissive of it anymore. Uh, they, I think they got three teams in last year, and they all lost, and I think maybe at least two of them were favorites. So there's something weird happening there I want to dig in, but I don't know how much conference tournament action I have with them. All right, big picture. Before we obviously get into the major conference tournaments and get deep into those, who are the teams or just one program that you like to win the national title? Because it has been a wild year in college basketball, to say the least. Well, it's... I think it's you got to go down the board. And, and this is, I've had some internal conversations with some other BetMGM people that, that bet a lot. There's, I guess, fewer people that you would think inside the company that really bet regularly. Uh, but some of those conversations I've had with those guys is it, it's across the board, you got to go down the table. It's not like it normally is with college football or college basketball, where there's three, four, five teams at the top of the table. And those are, really the ones that we all understand like it's probably coming from this group that in college football it's two or three teams every year college basketball it's a one seed or a two seed most years but this year it feels like the pool of contenders is just so much deeper beyond just kansas houston alabama ucla like that that really top tier echelon it, it feels like it's worth taking throwing a couple darts at like a yukon or a marquette or a Xavier, or, or teams that are a little bit farther down out of range than maybe I would normally go. Because the history says it's a one seed or a two seed, and occasionally you get like a three seed UConn in 2011. But even that far down, even a three seed, which is ostensibly a top 10 team, 
I mean, the run that Kemba Walker goes on is legendary at that point, how they run through the Big East tournament and then the NCAA tournament in 2011. And that's a top 10 team. So that tells you about how far down we usually go before we start to feel uncomfortable. And I think it's going to be a little further than that this year. So, Chase, when you place these uh, outright NCAA winners, are you thinking about it in, in terms of, okay, I'm almost placing a future bet, but with the thought of cashing out? For me, that's Xavier. I think Xavier is for sure going to go to the Elite Eight. That's what Sean Miller does, and that's exactly when I would cash out, right? You could even take him to go to the Final Four and cash out uh, if you have the option. Is that how you approach it, or do you approach it just kind of like, all right, I'm going to pick five or six of these teams and, and hope that one of them hits? Yeah, if you're talking super pre-flop before we even see a, a bracket, before we don't yeah. know, know what the matchups are, we know what the, the paths are, I'm just looking for numbers I like. I'm and you know I'm wrong way more than I'm right. Like most of us are. I, I I'm I'm even wrong when I look at numbers and don't place a bet. Like I, I remember seeing, uh, I think it was Kansas State early in the year, and, and they were at like sixty six to one, and you would say, oh, that's that's good value, but I don't really see them ascending to the level of a real contender. And you're wrong about that. You're wrong about stuff all the time when you do this. So I, it for me, it's. You know, I do feel like this team has a decent run in them. Can they win three games? Can they get to the second week? And can I get them at 40 to one? And then I've got options. Then I then it's a hedge out. And that's, that's what I do in almost every futures market. You know, it's hard to hedge uh, stuff like this in like a Heisman market or awards market. There's certain stuff, obviously, where you can't. But for everything else, two or three years ago, the bubble year in the NBA, I've got a heat ticket to win the finals. You know, I'm, I'm hedging out of that as soon as I have a lane. I, I hedge out of all this stuff because I'm just looking for any kind of position that I can turn into a winning gamble that I'm net positive on. Because even if you are right about a team having a good run in them, a lot of times you're still going to not end up winning all the way to the finals. So I'm not looking to hit the lottery on some of these tickets. Most of the time, I'm just trying to turn uh, nothing into something. Chase, I saw Xavier 50 to 1. You like that? 50 to 1's good. Yeah. I'd rather have Marquette or UConn if I'm buying Big East teams, but Xavier 50 to 1's pretty good. All right. Got a couple minutes here. Uh, on the NFL side of things, talking to Chase Kitty on FedMGM tonight, uh, the Anthony Richardson rise up, I don't even say up draft boards, just really the shortened odds for him to be the number one overall pick, which. I'm not buying. This is certainly lying season, though it does make sense given the measurables that we saw at the Combine, which this isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback or somebody who plays any other position rise up draft boards just because of the fact that they had a really good physical assets at the Underwear Olympics. You buying into any of this Anthony Richardson number one overall pick at all? Uh, the short answer is no. I think I want to do a write-up for the, uh, the BetMGM blog about this later this week. My thought is... It's hard for me because I had an Anthony Richardson Heisman ticket. So I am a guy that saw his physical tools and saw how great he could be. But I think it's one thing to be just have raw elite athleticism at the college level and do things that make your jaw drop versus being the number one pick in the NFL. Because those are two different things. And you're talking about a situation where, first of all, you, you probably need Chicago to trade the pick. You can probably get that. That's more likely than not, I think, at this point. But then after that, somebody's going to buy it. They're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Is he really going to be better as a prospect than some of these other guys 
you can make the case that they're all flawed, but I think his flaws historically are much more likely to fail and, and be fatal flaws than maybe some of the other guys. Are there any other surprises that you think we could be in for? In the NFL draft? Mm-hmm. Like ones that uh, you specifically are sort of imagining in your mind. I haven't imagined a ton yet, to be honest with you. If, if we hadn't even talked about – if the Anthony Richardson stuff hadn't been a storyline this week, I wouldn't have even flipped my brain to NFL draft stuff yet. I wonder if something dramatic is going to happen with the quarterbacks – in a way we don't expect. And what I mean by that is usually when we have unexpected quarterback news these days in the first round of the NFL draft, it's because we're drafting a lot of them. I wonder if the flaws that each of these guys have end up dinging their value across the board and maybe we get more of a suppressed quarterback market in the first round than we usually see. All right, only got about 45 seconds. Any other plays, any other thing for the next day or so that you're you're getting in on that you want to put out there? Oh, no, Indian Wells, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Indian Wells, yeah. Uh, I mean, tennis, I, I always got tennis plays. Uh, Michael Moe's playing Quentin Hallis, minus 115 as a, as a lower-ranked guy. That's a little weird. Ben Shelton, I'll lay the four-and-a-half games for plus 110 against Fabio Fignini. Uh, Fignini is just a clay court guy. He's not great for hard court really at all. I think it's interesting that Nakashima, Brandon Nakashima, is minus 120 against John Isner as is a way lower guy. And then anytime you're talking about Isner matches, you have to bet the over on the game's props because the guy, he wins 7-6 or he loses 6-7. You just bet those overs, and they come in a whole lot of the time more than they don't. There you go. Chase Kitty. Nice stuff. Right here, BetMGM tonight, the Lion's Edge podcast. Good talking to you as always, man, every week. Thanks, guys.